And as we're going to be doing this morning, we respond in prayer. This morning as we kick off our annual prayer week, a time where we declare our dependence and trust on God, and we want to begin this service by praying the Lord's Prayer together, that we might corporately express our dependence on God, asking Him to do and provide all that we need. So we have the corporate prayer here in your, um, on your song sheets, and we're going to begin by praying that together. So pray with me this morning. Pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. <clears throat> Amen. It's good news, isn't it? What a Savior we have. He has died for the sins of all who believe, and He has risen. And because of that, we have countless joys and privileges, including the privilege of prayer. And so, as Joshua mentioned, we dedicate this service particularly to prayer. For almost the entirety of the rest of our time, we're going to talk about prayer, and we're going to pray. Now, part that we didn't plan was prayer for our country. And that's just because we take other time and other services to pray for our country. But in light of the <coughs> events in the Capitol this past week, we obviously thought it would be important for us to pray for our country and related issues. As you watch those events this week, you may have experienced a, a range of emotion, perhaps from anger or fear. I know for me, I, I just felt a lot of sadness, sadness for our society, sadness for our country. And there's much we could say about how a Christian should think or, or live in response, but for us right now, in this prayer service, we want to consider how should we then pray? How should we pray right now about these things? How should we lift our hearts and bring our requests to God in this moment? I want to suggest we do so in three categories for our country, for the Church of Jesus Christ, and for ourselves as individual Christians. I want to lead us in prayer for a moment for our country, for peace in our land, and for our government, as God commands us to pray for government, that we would live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. I want to pray for the Church as well, that the Church would be the church in our country and around the world. It would be salt and light and ambassadors for Jesus, making disciples. I want to pray for ourselves also that we would, as God tells us, live lives worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which involves many things, including love for those that you disagree with, those you disagree with politically, to love them. To be patient with others as God has been patient with us. To be kind 
as God has been kind to us. And to pray for ourselves that our allegiance to Christ and His kingdom would be far above any devotion to earthly kingdoms or rulers. So would you pray with me along those lines right now? Let's pray together. Our Father, we pray for our country. We thank you for the resilience of our government in your mercy in light of the challenges this past week. We pray for peace in our land in the coming days, weeks, and months. We ask you that forces or individuals that gave rise to this situation would be exposed, that truth and justice would reign in our land. We pray for healing in our land, including a peaceful transition of power. We pray for those in high positions, as you command us to pray, that we may lead peaceful, quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way, 1 Timothy chapter 2. And so we pray for President-elect Biden, Vice President-elect Harris, members of Congress, the Supreme Court, officials at the state and local levels, that you would lead them. And through them, you would do what you ordained government to do, to restrain evil and promote good. In Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2. We pray secondly for the church. We acknowledge that the United States, for which we are grateful, does not represent your holy nation on earth. The church is that. 1 Peter chapter 2. So help us to understand this. Help us to live in light of this. To believe this and rejoice. We pray that the church would be the church effectively in our country. That we would be salt and light in a decaying and dark world. Matthew 5. You grant us to be a people who do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before you, Micah chapter 6. That you'd use us as ambassadors of Jesus and empower us to make disciples of Jesus, proclaiming the good news of our Savior, 2 Corinthians 5, Matthew 28. We pray for revival in our community, our state, our country, and our world. Save many. We pray for ourselves as individuals that we would live lives worthy of the gospel of Christ, Philippians 1. That you empower us in that vein to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, to love those with whom we may disagree in light of your great love for us in Christ, to treat others with patience because you've been so patient with us in Christ, to show kindness in our words, attitudes, and actions out of the immeasurable kindness we've received in Christ. Help us this way. Use us. Use us, we pray, as peacemakers in a time of unrest and division because our Lord said that they are blessed, Matthew 5, and because we know the Prince of Peace, of whom Isaiah prophesied, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and of the increase of his government, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Grant us this hope to be sealed in our hearts.
and our allegiance to the Prince of Peace and His Kingdom would be far higher and far greater than any devotion to any earthly kingdom or ruler. Help us to desire a better country that is a heavenly one, Hebrews 11. Help us to realize we have a better citizenship which is in heaven, Philippians 3. Help us to reject lies and believe these truths from your word, these realities for our good and for your glory. We entrust ourselves to you and the one who lived, died, and rose, reigns, and is returning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tab. Thank you all for being here with us. You can certainly take your seats. What Tab just let us in is a, is a perfect example of why we are having prayer week, of why we are going to take most of the rest of our gathering this morning together to pray. Because more than anything else, when we come to God in prayer, we're doing exactly what Tab just modeled and led us in, and that is declaring our dependence upon Him, declaring our need for Him to be at work. As I mentioned earlier, our service today is going to be a bit different than most of our normal services. If you are a guest with us this morning, I want to say thank you for being here. And just a, just a kind of a public service announcement. This isn't normally how we do our services. We don't normally spend this so much amount of time in prayer, but we do like to set aside uh, one of the early Sundays in January for us to be able to do this together, to be able to, as a church, spend 30 plus minutes praying for God to be at work in the midst of our church, in the midst of our lives, and this tab just showed us, in the midst of our, in the midst of our, our country. So today here, it starts the beginning of our annual prayer week. We're going to spend much of this next week in prayer. Uh, just a brief announcement, as you see, this week, this week we're going to be having a midday prayer meeting here each day, Monday through Friday, from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock over there in the gazebo. So if you are free, we just really would encourage you to prioritize coming out to join us for prayer if you are able. It's just a great way to express our dependence upon God and then in our home groups as well, we'll be praying um, in those ways. And as I think about this prayer service, as I think about prayer week, um, it's very easy to kind of just get in the motions of, oh, this is just something that we, we do every year. We have a prayer service because it's just something we do. We did it last year and we're going to do it this year, but that's not really our heart for why we do this. Each, we get the beginning of each calendar year, we want to prioritize the spiritual disciplines, primarily prayer like we're doing today, and the reading of God's Word, which Tab led us in last week. Because along with reading the word, prayer is one of the most important ways that we are able to express the ways that we are able to declare our dependence upon God. But just a few minutes before we do spend time doing that, before we spend time declaring our dependence upon God in prayer, I want to look at a portion of the Lord's Prayer that we prayed earlier to help us see this reality, to help us see that prayer is a declaration of our dependence. 
So if you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, or even if you have your song sheet, just look there at the corporate prayer we prayed earlier, as we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, verses 11 to 13. They are on your song sheet as well. Um, before I read these verses, I just want to say that um, here in the Lord's Prayer, as Jesus taught his disciples to pray in the Lord's Prayer, he wasn't saying that this is the only way you can pray. These are the only words you should ever say in prayer. That's not what Jesus was doing in the Lord's Prayer. But in the Lord's Prayer, he's giving us a, a pattern, a, a model that we, that we can follow as we pray. I find it helpful to think of the Lord's Prayer as kind of like the scaffolding around the tower of prayer. It gives us a framework that can lead and guide us as we pray. We're not going to look at verses 9 and 10, which so helpfully just direct our eyes to God and His priorities. This morning I want to look primarily at verses 11 to 13 that show us our need and our dependence upon God. So hear those words this morning. When Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, he taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread and forgive, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. With these words here, with these petitions, Jesus is teaching us to express our need for God in every area of our lives. This is why I was saying that prayer is a declaration of dependence because Jesus shows us here in this prayer that we are completely dependent upon God for everything. He highlights three areas of our lives, our, our physical or our material needs, our relational needs, our, our spiritual needs. And with these, these three categories, he's really saying that you need me for everything. You are completely dependent upon me for everything. And you are to, to ask me for all that you need in every area of life. For example, in verse 11, when Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. He's, he's calling us to pray, to ask the Father to provide for all of our physical, all of our material needs, to, to help us see that we are completely dependent upon Him to meet, to make ends meet. As we consider that the disciples here lived in an agrarian society where they were almost completely dependent upon the land, where one crop failure could just lead to devastation for an entire community, for them to pray to God, give us this day our daily bread. It wasn't just empty rhetoric. It wasn't a form formulaic or rote prayer. But for them, it was an acknowledgement of their need for God. It was an expression of their dependence or their trust on their Heavenly Father to provide all of their needs. As they prayed, give us this day our daily bread. It was an, they were acknowledging what was always already true, that they are in need of God to provide everything that they need. And they are expressing their trust, looking to Him and to Him alone to be the one to provide for their needs. I don't know about you, but for me, this is where this prayer starts to get a little bit uncomfortable because, because if I'm being honest, as I look at my needs, as I consider my material and my physical needs, I largely live under the illusion of self-sufficiency. When I think about the food that I'm going to eat, when I think about the clothes that I'm going to wear, when I think about where I'm going to lay my head to sleep, 
I am often not very aware of my need for God to provide these things. And so I find that I hardly ever pray for them, declaring my dependence upon him. Can, can you relate to thinking the last time you prayed to ask God for provision, for clothing, for a place to live? I, I think the, the truth is in, in what's been called our weird society, weird in the sense that we are Western, educated, individualistic, rich, and democratic society. In our society here in the West, I just don't think that we often see ourselves as 100% dependent upon God or dependent upon anyone else for that matter for everything that we need as this passage shows us. Just think of my home pantries filled with food, Amazon ready to deliver anything I need in two days or in two hours when I can drive up to Target and have someone bring out my order to me. I don't even need to go inside anymore. It's just so hard. I find it so hard for me to be aware of my dependence upon God for all of these things. And so I can go days or weeks without praying for my physical or material needs. There's John Calvin, the 16th century pastor and theologian, he has said, this lack of prayer is deadly to the soul because when we're because we're failing to see our need for God. And so rather than, than have this uh, practice, rather than be deadly in soul of not seeking God for these things, Jesus invites us, he teaches us to come to him and to ask us for these things, to acknowledge that we are helpless. Jesus here is calling us to be little children dependent upon our Father. I have four children, but two of them who are still rather dependent upon Mommy and Daddy for everything. So even just this morning, Bradley wakes up and before even good morning comes out of his mouth, it's, Daddy, can you make me cereal? And then, you know, two seconds later, Daddy, can you make me cereal? What is, what is taking so long for you to get me cereal? Bradley is very aware of his need for me to provide his morning cereal. His Cheerios aren't going to come through himself. He can't do it. He needs me to do that for him. And I just thought that was just such a perfect example of what Jesus is calling us here as he calls us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. He's calling us to, to be aware of our need and to look to him to be the one to provide those things for us here in this prayer, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is calling us to, to lose the illusion of self-sufficiency. And as we see in verses 12 and 13, this, this illusion of self-sufficiency, it's not just coming, it doesn't just come up in our physical needs, but also in our relational and our spiritual needs. Relationally, in verse 12, Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins. As we, as, as we have also forgiven our debtors, that is, as we have also forgiven those who sinned against us. I think if there's one thing that's deadly to our relationships with one another, it's not being willing to freely forgive those who have sinned against us. I think this is perhaps our greatest relational need. And so Jesus teaches us to pray to God, acknowledging that we are dependent upon him for this supernatural ability to forgive others. And if we need him for this supernatural ability to forgive others, then we certainly need him to meet all of our other relational needs. Spiritually, in verse 13, we see that Jesus teaches us 
to express our dependence upon God. We need him. We pray out to him for our spiritual needs as we pray. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I think Augustine just so helpfully summarizes this, where he says in this prayer in verse 13, we're praying that God would deliver us from the evil within us. We pray, lead us not into temptation. And we're praying for God to help us, that he would deliver us from the evil outside of us, that he would deliver us from the evil one. Certainly much more can be said about each of these petitions. A sermon on each one of them would, would probably not even suffice. But I hope that you're seeing what, what I'm trying to get across here is that the, the heart of these petitions here in verses 11 through 13 is they're trying to help us see that we are 100% dependent upon God, that we need him to meet all of our needs. I think this reality here has just been, been particularly heavy on my heart this past week as I watched the terrible events unfolding in our nation's capital, as I've just seen the suffering that many people in our church are walking through right now, as I've met and talked with folks who are just walking through very serious relational issues right now, I've just been taking a step back, looking at this week, looking at the different things I've experienced. And I'm just so aware of how helpless I am to, to solve any of these problems on my own, to, to meet people where they are, to help them. Just been found myself viscerally aware of my need for God, my dependence upon him to be at work. And I've just been so comforted by this prayer here as Jesus teaches that, that that is okay. This feeling of helplessness, this feeling of dependence upon him is exactly what he wants from us. That is exactly where we are supposed to be because when we are aware of our need, when we are aware of our feelings of helplessness, that is when we will cry out to God. We will acknowledge our need for him. I just want to ask you this morning before we spend some time praying, it's just... What about for you? Do you think about the current circumstances, whether it's in our nation, whether it's in your life right now? Are these things driving you more to prayer? Or are they perhaps driving you more to self-sufficiency? You see these things going on, and rather than driving you to God, they are driving you to just either do better or to driving you to seek more information online or to post something on, on social media. I mean, certainly there are many different ways that we can respond to everything going on in our lives going on in our nation, but I think Jesus would teach us here in the Lord's Prayer that the most important thing and the most frequent thing that we should do is to pray. Certainly there are other appropriate things to do, but God is calling us to declare our dependence upon him. So just as you think about any particular relational challenges you're facing right now, whether it's in marriage or whether it's in parenting or whether it's just in friendships, is, are, are those challenges driving you to prayer? Here in, this, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is inviting you to declare your dependence upon him to help you. Your, there are spiritual challenges, whether it's struggles with doubt, struggles with despair, or perhaps there are just struggles with sin and temptation that you're finding yourself in. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is inviting you to declare your dependence upon Him, your need for Him. And the good news is, is that when we do that, when we express our need to Him, we are praying to the one who already knows our needs. And we're praying to our Heavenly Father who loves to give good gifts to His children. This morning, as we declare our dependence upon God, we are, are doing so very aware that Christ is our, we're, we're doing so knowing that Christ is calling us to look to our Heavenly Father 
the one who does give every good and perfect gift. As Paul tells us in Romans 8, we're praying and we're asking the one who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And we're praying to the one who will not also with him graciously give us all things. As we look to Christ, crucified, resurrected, and ascended, as we ask him, as we declare our dependence upon him, we have absolute assurance that God is going to provide for all of our needs. And so we pray, acknowledging our need and declaring our dependence. Begin just wrapping up your presence or your prayers here in just a moment. Doug is going to lead us in praying for our upward purpose. in this uh, brought new purpose to our life. Right. Father, one of the most important of these that you have brought is to glorify you in our hearts, in our words, and in our deeds. Father, we uh, look at it, and as we attempt to walk this out, we find the words of Jesus to be true that indeed the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So this morning we ask, Father, that you would send your Holy Spirit to give us aid in this area. Father, that you would purify our hearts, that you would bring our words into cleansing, that, Father, that there would be a godliness to all of our deeds. Yes. Thank you again, Father, for your love and purpose in us. We pray also, Father, for uh, you to give to us a, uh, of your calendar that uh, when unbelievers come into our presence, they will feel the glory and the grace that you have uh, bestowed upon us and in that they will hunger and thirst for the saving presence of Lord Jesus Christ in their heart. And we pray all of these things in the mighty, holy, precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Right in your circles, why don't we transition now and begin praying for our inward purpose. And again, these prayer guides here aren't the only ways you can pray. They're just encouragements for you. You want to start wrapping up there. Just a moment, Lindsay's going to close us in praying in these ways. Father, as we live in a noisy time full of myriad shouting cultural voices laying claim on who we must be in order to be good, we turn to you for the one steady, authoritative voice that declares our inward purpose. You alone have a rightful claim to our identity, as you have made us in your image to reflect your glory to the world. 
Help us now to look to you. Help us to listen. Help us to believe and obey. You alone can enable us to love you and each other as you have commanded. Spirit, we invite and welcome you to come among us in this year and move in powerful ways to bring us into greater conformity with Jesus' perfect love. We ask you to pour out your presence and giftings in this church body in Joshua. Right. You might be encouraged by your answers, emboldened by your nearness, and built up in real and visible ways into Christ our head. The Spirit asks that you would not only move us closer to Jesus, but closer to each other this day. Spark holy friendships and affection. Mm -hmm. Give us discerning eyes to truly see each other, and then tongues overflowing from gentle hearts of mutual love that speak even hard truths and bring effective encouragement and comfort. Give us humble ears to listen, to be corrected, to be changed. Jesus, your name is powerful. Some trust in chariots and horses, in movements and leaders, in science and politics, in the new or the old, but we trust in your name. Oh, for grace to trust you more in these difficult days. You know what it is to walk uprightly and be the only and be only and precisely right before God, even as the masses and movements of your day tried to pull you, claim you, remake you into their images. Be near and be large here now. Fill our vision with yourself. Give us the wisdom and the rest that you have promised us. Help us to follow uprightly behind you now. And when we stumble or stray, give us yet more grace to humble ourselves. Apologize for thoughtless or angry words, make amends, and then treasure your sacrifice for us even more than Yes. We are chosen and assembled to be your body. Jesus, protect and build your body's unity, even in these hard and divisive days. Well, we transition here now to pray for our outward purpose, that we will be a gospel-centered community on a gospel-centered mission. Go ahead and start wrapping up there, and just a moment, Tim is going to lead us in front. Lord, I thank you for this amazing city of San Diego where you have brought nations, people from nations all over the world. Mm -hmm. What an opportunity, Lord. I pray that you would help us to continue to connect with the Family Resource Center and Church of Hope and others who would even be drawn here from other nations. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, and with you always, even to the end of the age. Oh, Heavenly Father, how you made a way for us. Thank you. Thank you that you are everything you say you are. And I just want to take this moment to acknowledge that you are God. And that in your, in your humanness as Jesus, as the Savior of the world, you said go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. What a privilege. I pray we see it that way. I pray we see what a privilege it is to be a continuation of what you were doing here on earth to share of a great need that we all have to be saved, to be reconciled, to be redeemed, to be washed and cleansed and robed in righteousness, to be restored to the Father. Thank you that you allowed us, my brothers and sisters, the saints, 
to see this, to have open eyes, but help us to let your Holy Spirit be the driving force that moves us to reach out to the lost as we see them on a daily basis. God, they are everywhere. Your word tells us that the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. Give us hearts to become more than just a few, to go forth, my Lord, and to just obey you in that call, this mighty call. God, we fall short. Forgive us. Forgive us when we fall short and we make up an excuse to not go forth and make disciples or even to share your love and your grace and your mercy with those around us. Forgive us and then empower us. Let us not be caught in that. Let us not be ashamed of it. Let us move forward in the righteousness that you say that is ours because of Jesus Christ. I just thank you so much, God, as we partner with, with organizations and ministries that reach the lost on a daily basis that go out and proclaim your good news, God, build them up, strengthen them, equip them, use us as a body to provide for them and to come alongside of them and pray for them. God, thank you for Seda. Thank you for what he's doing in Japan. Thank you for Yasmin as she ministers to the Tarahumara people of Mexico. Thank you so much for Bridge of Hope. Thank you for CAPS as they care for the unborn and as our world seems to sometimes fall apart before us. Let us take our eyes off of what is to come and the what ifs and to live in the right here and the right now so that we do not become frozen, so we can't move forward and we can't continue to do what you call us to do. Your word tells us to do not fear, for you are with us. Thank you that you are with us in this. You did not leave us to do it by ourselves. And so thank you so much for that great equipping. I just praise your name all for the glory. Of, of who you are. Amen. All right, let us close our time praying this morning by praying for our leaders, our ministries, our mission, and our vision. That's going to be on the back panel. Sure. Mm -hmm. Now you can begin wrapping up your prayers and it's going to close us here in prayer in just a moment. Father God, thank you for the privilege of coming to the village, bringing our request to the one who loves us, the one who's strong and strong for us. We begin by thanking you for all the leaders you have placed in various areas of this body. While they are also parts of the body, they are particular gifts from you to help us. Thank you for being so kind to us. You would give us many good gifts, including our Great Shepherd, we lift up our elders to you, asking for your help to care for this flock faithfully as your under shepherd. Lord, Lord, would you give them unity around the gospel as they consider work difficult? Holy Spirit, we ask that you would direct their hearts and their minds with vision and direction for the future. Father, would you arrange everything so that as the elders pass to this flock, they may do so with Lord, to you who washed the feet of your disciples, although you were their master, we lift up the deacons, the servants in our church to you, asking that you would empower them for service through the strength that only you can supply. Please help us to serve well in the areas entrusted to us, cheerfully freeing the elders for their work, word, and prayer. Spirit, we ask you to add new deacons to our church as well as needs are identified so that even more service will take place in the body. Give us a vision to lead in the areas as best we can to lead the church. 
Father, we also lift up to you our home group leaders, our ministry team leaders as they care for the groups that they lead. Please encourage them through your spirit, we ask, in all of their efforts and all of their challenges. We ask particularly that you would give them wisdom and insight in their relationships with and care for others, that they would bring your words to bear at the right time, in the right way, in ways that strengthen your kingdom. Father, we pray for all those you have given us in positions of leadership, that they would use the gifts they have received to serve others as good stewards, that they would serve from the strength that you provide, so that you, Father, may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. May you be the glory and the power forever. Amen. What an encouragement here. What a great way for us to open up our year by declaring our dependence upon God in prayer. I hope that this, uh, just this practice here that we do, that that would just fuel and, and help all of us just encourage and fuel all of our hearts to be a praying people that throughout the week, throughout this upcoming year, we would just continue to declare our dependence upon God as we look to Him to provide every good and perfect gift. I just want to invite everyone to stand as we close by singing Mighty to Save, a great song orienting our hearts to the one to whom we pray.